Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card with Discover Cashback Debit. Everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction, eligibility, and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap... Part of Solo, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. <laughs> we back. Yeah. Ah, oh, and you. Yeah. For those not watching in Technicolor. Yeah. Not only been in Miami, you're looking, you're looking very midsummer Ibiza tan. You look like a young Don Johnson. I got my tan in early this year. <sighs> I've decided to go early, build my base. Um, but I've got I'm, a tan I'm like too, in mid- by the way. But who knows? You're under your Bud Bowl one hat, which yeah. I love. Look, do you know where I got tan? Because I was on a roof. Yeah. In Santa Barbara, the oh, best bob since Barbara. Stranger Things. Yeah. And I was so afraid I was on the roof for eight hours with J-dubs on a shoot. Yeah. And I, I just kept soaking myself in suntan lotion. What do they call it in America? Sun cream, sun lotion, sun yeah. whatever. Sunblock. Sunblock. I was just sunblock. loading up. The one, place, <laughs> the one place I got my tan that I yeah. forgot to put sunblock on. My right hand. Oh, my God. Your right <laughs> hand is completely burned. Everywhere else is okay. <laughs> is that because you were holding... It in your right hand. I was holding or you my were cards. putting it on. I was oh holding my, my cards in my right hand. That is right the most hand. hilarious sunburn. My lord, I Let's suffered. Post that. What were you doing in Miami? Were you relaxing, occasional fight in there? What were you doing, I was, David? I, it was Winter Music Festival. Yeah. Went down with my head of digital, my great friend Sani, and we uh, had some meetings, went to some parties. But Winter Music Festival is basically lots of DJs running around the beach looking for their pants at about eight in the morning. <sighs> That's a Wednesday in Liverpool. That's basically just Wednesday night. That's basically what it is the whole time. You do love Santa Barbara. Well, there are my cities, brother. My there brother are cities lives in there. America that are Davo towns. Mostly, yeah. I don't, you know, not I don't understand them. Vegas, Davo town, not a Rod City. Yeah. Miami, which you love, I don't not Davo love town. it. I just don't understand it. Santa Barbara it is a beautiful town. Yeah. I will be honest. I didn't quite understand it. It looks beautiful. It is like a ghost town. Does everyone just hang out in there? Beautiful white haciendas getting high and just letting life roll by. Is that well? It's a little, I've got to be careful. My brother lives in Santa Barbara, more specifically Montecito. Montecito is really the Devo town, yeah, more than Santa Barbara. So my brother always says Montecito was invented by the movie business in the 1920s to resemble <laughs> a beach town. So it's really like it's like being on a back lot of a yes. set. It sort of is what they think a Spanish exactly. beach town would look like. Yeah. Is what it is. That's what you're picking up on. Oh, we did have a fantastic time there, J Dubs and I. We dined. Yeah. At Super Rica Taqueria. Yeah, been there. Oh, on GFOP suggestions, hundreds yeah. of them. And you were not wrong, my lord. We are better people for that experience. We also had a bird or two or three with a bunch of GFOPs, including the great OG GFOP, Arthur Callisto. Wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful man. 
at the press room, which I loved. Thank you for your book of Seamus Haney poetry, which I will treasure. But above all, we were there to shoot a, a podcast series, which we are working hard to release with the US women's national team, for which we partnered with Budweiser to film. It was an amazing day. We filmed with Alex Morgan, oh, Lindsay Horan, the great Lindsay Horan, Megan Rapino, and oh. Crystal Dunn, the single best crystal since Palace, right, David? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I can't wait for you to hear the podcast we taped. Because I have to say, their stories are life-affirming, tales of big dreams, backed up by sacrifice and the hard work that you actually need. I wish I knew that one. I just thought dreaming was enough. <laughs> it's not, David. Hard work. Yeah. You've got to work hard, too. You've got to grind. Yeah. You've got you to sacrifice. And I will say, my big takeaway, in a society where there's all kinds of studies that point out how girls are more risk-averse than boys... To hear these players talk about the risks they've taken in pursuit of glory, it was really inspiring. So to our players, to American glory. Quick note of our travels. Yeah. This week, do you know where I'm going? Where are you going? DC. You are? Yeah. Our nation's capital. Where do you go, by train or by plane? I always, I'm a train person. Yeah, me too. We've not really talked about this. Yeah, what I'd, you always, like? I'd never fly to DC. I'd always go by train, given the, the train. choice. I once took the train right across America. You did. It's one of the great Accidentally. <laughs> I got on the wrong train. You forgot to get yeah. off at your stop. I thought I was in Subway. I thought I was going to 42nd Street. <laughs> and before I knew it, I was in Ogden, Utah. It was amazing. <laughs> no, I did. I wanted to train right across the country. It wow. took me about a month. That was 17, where a pack between Rog and the United States was really oh, cemented. I'd like to pretend I was on boxcars, just hopping on freight trains and you stuff. Weren't. Wasn't? No, I was on Amtrak. I know, reading the Financial <laughs> Times, almost certainly. I'm headed to DC. I'm yeah. filming with Alexander Ovechkin, which yeah. I cannot wait. Great yeah. OVA. Yeah. And I'm going back to Nashville. Wow, you are. For some more hot chicken. Whoa. I'm going to hang out with PK Subban. Uh-huh. Oh, send us your questions, GFOPs. Keep your eyes peeled. Also, listeners in those cities for a sad bald wandering around your wonderlands. Mm. We're also filming with the amazing Joe Dempsey. That bastard. He really is a bastard. Um, it's not a comment on him. He is a bastard. Gendry from Game of Thrones coming to talk to us about the art of blacksmithing. We love our blacksmithing, don't we, David? Yeah, we do. And the Check football our other podcast, <laughs> Blacksmithing Today. Blacksmithery Today. We did talk a lot about West Ham, the hammers, uh-huh. forging, making horseshoes. Yeah. It's important. And what do wild horses do without horseshoes? That's going to be my opening question for Gendry. Very good question. Do you think they're just, like, angry? Shoeless. That's why they're wild. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're not just wild, we're furious. (laughs) 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 We're going to talk mostly about the football culture. A ton of Manchester United fans amongst that cast of that little show, Game of Thrones, which turns April 14th. That interview will air on our next tragic installment of the Men in Blazers show, which airs when, Dave, do you know? Try this coming Monday. Oh, Monday, April 8th. We're on again. At 5.30pm. Yeah. We're fast and furious, mate. I know. And so many Men in Blazers shows coming up in April. We yeah. apologise. We promise we'll be consistently awful. I'm going back to Los Angeles next week, Rog. I'll miss you when you're there, mate. Yeah, going back there. And then we go to Minneapolis. Yes, <sighs> we do. We're coming your way. Winter is coming for yeah. reals. We are opening up the jewel box of a stadium, the Alliance Stadium, which really, genuinely, I cannot wait to see an experience. We're going to play what I do believe will be an epic live show on April 12th. It'll be up there, I think, like one of the early replacements gigs in Minneapolis Law. Mm. Oh, at the Ordway Theatre in St. Paul. I can't wait to meet Atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Here, they're football fans. The best Paul 
since Roberson. There's just a handful of tickets left. Yeah. Tiny number, right, J-Dubs? Yeah. Tiny number. You can find a link to purchase them on meninblazers.com. Come, be with us. Raise a bud with us. I promise. An epic night of football, loons, beers, pies. Your food recommendations for when we're in town are welcome. Dave, you have massive news about this year's news. Golden Blazer, I don't do you, right? Do, massive do, 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 do. news, Rog. I could not be more excited Hark! to announce oh, this yay. year's annual night of the Golden Blazer, Rog. GFOPs once again will be flying in from all over the country to be with us in. and each other. It's going to be held, listen up, Rog, Wednesday, May 22nd. Put it in my book. At the quite fancy and upscale. Skirball Centre for the Performing Arts. <gasps> We're going that's, up scale. That's, that's not far from the crap part of Soho, Roger. It's just Tony, off though. Washington Square Park. It's a great venue. Amazing. The Golden Blazer, let's face it. What it is, is it, it is the most important Blazer presentation in sports that does not involve a golf cabin. <laughs> that's that's We've trademarked that now. That joke that's gets me be, every year. I know, it always works. The event honours <laughs> an individual cabin. whose distinguished service <gasps> and unrelenting passion have left an indelible mark on soccer culture in this great nation. The, conclave, the conclave of Blazers hath convened. <gasps> been called by General Bob Lee. Shout out to General Bob Lee. We miss you, Bob. It's been convened, and we promise you, the person selected to join the esteemed gaggle of past winners will be cheered far (gasps) and wide. A true American hero. We cannot tell you how excited we are for this event. Honestly, it's just the best. To celebrate a legend of the game in this country, in our hometown, with hundreds of GFOPs. The mere thought of it makes the hair we don't have stand on end. So join us (laughs) and a slew of special, special guests for a night of football, sung and pie. I'll be also having tequila. I mean, I know I'm not going to go off brand and say I don't enjoy beer and pie. But I like tequila and I like the post-show drinks and I like the post-post-show event with... I'm not invited to that one. No, that's 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 for GFOP friends of Davo, oh, and we're we're going out. That's the one deep where I'm normally night. I'm normally kissing the gutter. At Actually, that point. GFOP friends of Davo in Minneapolis, our friends of Davo chapter in Minneapolis. Where are we going out after the post show drinks in Minneapolis? That's the question. Oh, it's always the question. Yeah. It is always the question. Send us your suggestions so that we can raise. There is a post show drink. Yeah. In Minneapolis. Yeah. Where we will down many a Budweiser, raise a shot or two or three or four of Jägermeister. Upon your suggestion, I can say though, yeah. this year's winner yeah. of the Golden Blazer yeah. will be one for whom you wish you could have been there. Yeah, it's going to be a night of nights. It really is. I'm counting down the days for this incredibly special, life-affirming human being. True life force deserves to be honoured in every way. GFOPs yeah. unite. Yeah, that's the important part, Rog. Tickets being sold tomorrow. They go on sale tomorrow. That's Wednesday, April 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively via a special Raven newsletter. Chicko. The tickets are extremely limited. That's, is that the sound a Raven makes? I don't know. It sounds my, it was my guinea pig noise. The, the, <laughs> the tickets are extreme. It always makes you hungry, Rog. The tickets are extremely limited. So sign up for the Raven newsletter to make sure you get them. There's a link on our website, meninblazers.com. And as they have done in previous years, Proceeds, Rog, from the Golden Blazer go to the decidedly optimal hope for the Warriors. Hope for the Warriors. Absolutely. Courage. Okay, Rog, we've got a packed show. We're going to talk a title race for the ages as Liverpool register yet another last-minute winner to vault them past Tottenham Hotspur at Anfield. We talk Spurs rivals Arsenal leapfrogging them into third place after yesterday's 2-0 win over the Toon. And we put on our spelunking gear again and talk a bonkers week in the battle to avoid relegation to the football, Rog. Oh, I want to raise a budding toast yeah. 
to all you GFOPs. Oh, a button toast. That sounds like the bud best toast. breakfast, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Oh, oh, what, you would you like, what would you like on your toast? Bud. Would you like to, would you dunk it? That's repulsive, isn't it? But a nice piece of toast. Nice yeah. old wheat toast and a bud. And a bud. On Excellent. A that's breakfast of champions. Oh, mate. Yeah, that's good. Let me pour this. Yeah. And as I do, I want to make a toast to GFOPs who listen to our crap. Uh-huh. You lift, Davo. You lift, producer J-Dubs. You lift my spirits when we need them lifting. I got a huge kick this week. A story from one of our listeners, GFOP Asher Senor, a 10, maybe 11-year-old listener of whom I heard. His family play a weekly game of charades. It's like the big thing at the weekend. They play a weekly game of charades, and he's a huge Men in Blazers fan. And he totally stumped, almost destroyed his entire family. Just hell, as he tried to mime. I imagine him doing this for hours. Men in Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> to his family. I just adore the idea of a kid desperately trying to mime men in blazers, probably slapping his bald head until his non-bald head until yeah. it was just red raw. He did, he did the whole thing, Rog. He did yeah, the whole, whole thing. thing. Just like, just like, <laughs> making like, you can't <laughs> yeah. make noises. Quee, for crap. Quee, Couldn't quee, make quee. quee. Couldn't do that. I, mean, I just love, how do you mind men in blazers to a family that probably don't watch men in blazers? We all know the charade symbol for or a book, right? Heard a book's that, David. Yeah. A book. You've yeah. got movies. You've got, yeah. you've got movies rhyming the wind-up film yeah. camera of yore. What is the charade symbol for a pod? What is a pod? Do we, charade experts, is there now a pod symbol if you're going to mime out a pod? Rog, Men in Blazers is not just a pod. It's very easy that we're, we're, we're a book. Yes, we're, we're a be- Sorry, show. we're a New York Times best-selling book. Yeah, absolutely. Made of tweed. A pod, I guess it would be Terrible sounds pod. like, and then yeah. you do a little fish, cod. and it sounds like cod. Yeah. There you go. Oh, or maybe you just rub your bald, shiny paint. Yeah. Oh, bud fam, blood fam, to yeah. you. And the memories and joy that football and charades mm-hmm. can create for you and your families. Courage. Let's kick right off. The game of the weekend. Oh, Everton Perhaps, West Ham. Nope, not that one. Perhaps a one of the more significant games of the season for multiple reasons. Liverpool 2, Tottenham 1. Under just insane amounts of pressure, Jurgen Klopp's men successfully overcome another obstacle in the American Ninja Warrior course that is the <laughs> Premier League title race. They took the lead on 16 minutes when that bottle of iron brew in football boots, Andy Robertson, whipped a tasty ball onto Roberto Firmino's forehead. But this Spurs team did not wilt, Rog. They hit back on 70 minutes when Lucas Moura swooped in to bang home the equaliser. But in the 90th minute, with a little tinkle in a lot of Liverpool trousers... <laughs> The home side found a way through. Spurs keeper Hugo Lloris, oh, bad mistake, parried Mo Salah's header off Toby Alderweireld's feet and into his own net. Liverpool moved back to the top of the table, having played one more game than Man City, we should note. But what a game of football, Rog. What a game. What heightened emotions. What stakes. What soiled undies Mm. on the assorted Liverpool assistant coaches. I love a man who's not afraid to show his emotions. At the end, if you didn't see it, what am I talking about, David? Assistant coach. Of Liverpool, of Football Liverpool Club. Football Club. Jurgen Klopp fist pumping at the final whistle, and his assistant dances I around. Mean, dances it. around with, I mean, a lot of unashamedly. Let's let's hope it was a lot of bum sweat. Yeah, you, a lot you, of you, bum that's sweat. Where your mind went immediately because you're a decent guy. You hope for bum sweat. It, I'm really hoping it was bum sweat. Listen, I've crapped myself. I respect him. You're saying right now you have? No, <laughs> okay. uh, not right now. Okay. While podding, yeah. I try and do it just as a pastime in my leisure hours. <laughs> this is work. But it looked like, it did look like, and, it, and by the way, as he should have done, we talked last week that squeaky bum time for Liverpool Football Club, we're all feeling it, the nerves, the anxiety, let yourself go, voluntary evacuations often do the magic. And it did in this game, that's what we'll get to. 
Yeah. No, I think it was sweat. Pretty sure it was sweat. I hope it, I hope it was sweat. God, it was an amazing moment. And ama- by the way, a, I would say looking at that man's, just the emotion, just what he'd given to the game, that is what it takes to win a title. And I think that could be a turning point in the title race, the defecation shorts. But we'll get to that. Two aspirational pretenders here mm. clashing in what was really just a scientific experiment to test which emotional force was stronger. On one hand, Davo, you've got Spurs and their desire, their desperate desire to keep hold of that top four place. You know, slightly weird week where Pochettino once again was asked, will he be at Tottenham Hotspur next season? And he kind of didn't answer the question. Yeah. They'd lost three of the last four games. And that was pitted against Liverpool's 29-year yearning to win a title after dropping 11 points in the last 11 games. You have to credit both teams for starting so positively, so optimistically, attempting to assert their dominance on the midfield. Liverpool all on the flanks, that movement. Spurs, the power, the pace through the middle. Fast pace, fleet-footed whip versus potent fist. And exchange Liverpool to quickly win. In the 16th minute... Yeah, Henderson plays the ball to Andy <sighs> Robertson. He can't play this well for Scotland, Rod. <laughs> Scotland coming off that loss against Kazakhstan, which you can't believe. Andy Robertson puts in a beautiful, oh. beautiful ball. Beautiful whips shift. it in. Bobby Firmino. <laughs> He does the he does an amazing header, Rog. He does it's a header that wins both on technical ability and style points. Yeah, it was, I mean the two things were both absolutely scintillating perfection. Robertson charged into the acres of space, delivered a, a delicious cross. It was like an arrow dispatched by a legolas level master archer with a recurved bow. His ninth assist of the season, which Liverpool fans are celebrating the same number as Christian Eriksen. And who was there? Bobby Chompers rising up past the only kind of Loris there is right now and exposed Loris, nodding it with his meaty Brazilian forehead. Ah, oh, and unfurling his new superpower party trick, dabbing while scoring at the same time, David. That was amazing. That was really amazing. The dabbing while scoring. Because when, when you first pointed it out to me, I thought, no, he didn't dab. That's just his body position. But when I watched it again, I'm pretty sure he was actually dabbing while scoring. I'm wondering with Bobby Chompers, like, yeah. does he practice this stuff? Does he sit down and think, you know, what can I do to keep up in my game? And yeah. he practices and he trains. Or is he just intrinsically magic, technical yeah. techers, comedy yeah. techers? Yeah, no, I think I think he practices. Or maybe it's just his imagination and it just makes me think I'm waiting for the no look dab header on the back of his head going into the goal I'm Bobby just... Chompers keep raising the bar you are just you're less a footballer you're more a song and dance man you're a yeah, showman he's an entertainer and it was such an important goal because it lanced the pressure the build up of stress that would have mounted Liverpool were briefly able to exhume the spectrum of Manchester City's galloping hooves Noises, radio yeah. noises, see, <laughs> special good. effect. I, that's me, Bobby Chompersing. I didn't yeah. think about it. I just did it. Oh, it was also a real test of Spurs' mental state, David, what they're made of. Potch switched to a 3-4-3, steady decide, long-range blast from Deli Alley. wannabe NFL kicker Harry Kane buzzed around. Liverpool would try to return fire with Trent Alexander-Arnold attempting Olympico after Olympico from corners. But the longer the game went on, you got the feeling the more assertive Spurs became the more Liverpool were shifting mentally from, yeah, we're at 1-0, to, oh, my God, we've got something to lose here. Yeah. And the nerves kind of kicked in. I know, and Liverpool seemed to slow down as well. The press didn't seem quite as, as urgent. They didn't seem to be, like, tracking back quite as well as they were early in the game. Mo Salah still seems somewhat <sighs> out of sorts. Somewhat? Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. That chance that fell to Salah on the break, and he should have fed Mane. 
But he's on his longest run without a goal for he Liverpool. Himself, yeah. I mean, eight games. He was snatching at chances, shooting when he should pass, generally looking sadder than you don't bring me flowers, you don't sing me love songs, you hardly talk to me anymore. And Spurs kept coming. And it was Harry Kane's quick thinking that leveled the score, David. Yeah, Harry Kane takes a quick free kick. Um, slightly rolling. In the middle of... Yeah, slightly. It was it was rolling in multiple directions at once, Rog. Uh, he feeds <laughs> Kieran Trippier uh, on the right. He puts it into the centre of the box. <sighs> Ericsson miss hit. Yeah, it was a wonderful chasse. It was. I love a, 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 a love a chasse. It was a. It you was celebrated that chasse. This was such a good chasse because it just was a perfectly placed chasse that that had it actually been a pass, there's no doubt that Lucas Moura would have been marked. It's only because it was a chasse <laughs> that Moura became free. It's, it's a chasse that opened up space. Moura puts it away. One oh, one. Anfield can be the most stirring stadium in the world. Mm-hmm. It can also be the most nervy place on earth where the groans, the fears, the murmurs, the fraying nerves, the bitten cuticles of the fans can translate through to the players. And once Spurs scored, they had the total upper hand. There's that remarkable moment. Sissoko, the reborn Sissoko, Mm -hmm. charging with a two-on-one alongside Son. But the one was Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, an amazing piece of defending by Virgil van Dijk. Look, before we... Before we make him player of the year for, for one Why just play. player of the year? Can we make him king? Player of the century. Can we yeah, make him king. the king of England? Right. We could beatify him. He could be St. Virgil van Dyke. It sounds like a very good saint. All good ideas. Is that we are talking about Sissoko. It's not like this was <laughs> Harry Kane running the ball. This was, this was Sissoko having run the entire length of the field and trying to finish at the end. Having said that, Virgil van Dyke, it is just when you watch it from that rear tactical cam, what an amazing, amazing play. Just... Cutting out the passing lane, making it impossible for Soko to feed Sun, and then at the same time, at the last minute, going and just putting just enough pressure on Soko that he hit it into your brother's garden. Robert. It was a brilliant display of decision making. A lot of you are like, yeah, it was just Soko, or oh, he didn't do too much. He really just trotted along. What he did was just, and you don't see it very often. It just watch other two on ones and what the defender does. The defender always covers over. He didn't. He almost dared Soko to go outside like an NBA defender giving a big center an open three. And it was a brilliant display of decision-making under the crucible of pressure. Sissoko shot obviously a total Brexit of an attempt, but it was, it was a phenomenal thing to see mentally, a, a moment of incredible calm amidst a sea of panic. And at halftime, I'd tweeted that this game is going to be won by an enormous mistake. You got the feeling a terrible pathos-filled mistake was going to ultimately turn it it turned out to be because the unexpected is what we now expect in Premier League football at the elite level. Born of the pressure, the stakes, the tiny measures of difference between the teams right now at the top and the fact that players at the end of the day still currently, although I believe Manchester City are trying to change this, they're still human beings. And like the rest of us, imperfect, so it proved to be. Yeah, it was a sort of a hopeful ball lobbed back in by TAA Trent Alexander-Arnold you know, not the player you'd expect to nod it back in from the back post, Mo Salah. Not a particularly threatening no. nod back into the box. No. But Lloris just makes a real mess of it oh, at that flat. point. Just flat. Desperate. Didn't Confused. do anything. Looked like he could catch it. Didn't catch it. Looked like he could at least put the ball away into some kind of safety. He just knocks it right into, you know, Toby Alderweireld's oh. feet and goes back into the goal. And it felt like everybody, time stood still. It felt like everybody, it was moving so slowly. Everybody could have still intercepted it, um, and but it nobody did. It trickled, over trickled line, over the line. Just impotent agony. Hugo Lloris, you never let us down when it comes to letting us down. It was really, 
in a season of heartbreak, one of the spursiest things that ever spurs. I mean, one of the stories of Liverpool's title campaign so far, their ability to conjure late, scrappy, any which way winning goals, three so far uh, after the 90th minute this season. This was pure luck. You always say in a campaign season, luck is one of the great intangibles. Yeah. And watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is the true March madness. Salah wheeled away. God bless him. No, Mo, you didn't score it, Mo. Yeah. You didn't, love. You yeah. didn't. But the killer stat for well, Whatever you need. Whatever you need to take out of it. Go ahead, but you didn't score it. We're not going to deny you, but you didn't. You didn't score it, Mo. But the killer stat for Spurs, they know this rationally, but he's such an emotional leader, they can't bear it. To think about it, Luis, he's like a good-looking French Joe Hart at this point. He yeah. really is, Davey. Yeah, he's declined. It's his eighth mistake in the last three seasons that's led to a goal. There's only one goalkeeper who's had more than that. Of course, Everton number one. Jordan Pickford. Yeah, he's had nine. Tiny little Jordan. I think this is probably Liverpool fans' favourite stat category right now, no doubt. I felt for Spurs, David, because they'd made a brilliant tactical adjustment in this game that Liverpool never really picked up on. Yeah. They did seem the better team for 89 minutes and 59 seconds, right? But they leave with nothing. And look, football, it's a game. It's not what you deserve. It's what you take out of it. And Liverpool took out of it and Tottenham didn't. And that mistake, you can say, oh, it's just a mistake without the mistake. But mistakes, especially by goalkeepers, tend to cost you points. And now they look towards their house move. Long, discussed, oft-rumoured. It's happening. It is odd to change stadia mid-season. You haul it across town. Oh, I imagine uh, Eric Dyer's probably driving the U-Haul. Yeah. He's like the... He's the reliable Designated one. driver. Yeah, it's big. Bigger than we used to. But I know. We'll get it Ooh, who can town. drive that big thing? <laughs> Dyer! <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, they've got the boon of five home games still left to go. Remains to be seen whether the new place, beautiful place, a temple of football, is motivation or a distraction. Pochettino left to declare after the game with remorseful pride. With all the circumstances my players have dealt with, especially in the last two years, to still be competitive, the stadium moves and more, by which I'm assuming he means no new incoming players when Liverpool have refreshed and improved. Oh, I thought he said, it was his beef with Mike Dean. <laughs> I thought that's what he said. He said the players oh, are heroes to me, which sounds like the beginning of the end for him, but it is Farewell. a truth. It yeah. is a truth, David. For Liverpool... What did you feel watching the Anfield fans celebrate that late winner, David, with, with Firmino, with Salah? Look, it's a big win. It was a very, very big win for them. And, you know, I've gone out there very publicly and said, I think that Man City are going to win the title still because I think the, the team playing the better football. But this was another big win. It piles more pressure on Manchester <sighs> City. And I look at the fixture lists coming in for both teams... And I sort of fancy Liverpool's a little bit more than Man City's. I yeah. still think Man City are going to win, but I think Liverpool are right on the hills. I mean, look at it. Liverpool have just had their toughest game done in this run-up. They've got Chelsea still, Southampton, the other two evident kind of speed bumps. But when the celebration at the end, the fans, the players, I felt a real jealousy. I'm going to be honest, an honest kind of jealousy, a good kind of jealousy. The realisation that the fans and the players will remember this moment celebrating with Firmino and Salah. In these collective moments, just the surging emotions, oh, the belief that you feel, everything feels possible. That's what, to me, makes football, what makes sports so amazing. And I, I just felt an incredible longing to have those feelings for and with my own team. You could see just the passion, the anxiety, the wonder, the stress by watching Jurgen Klopp at the final whistle once his sedatives had worn off. 
just punching the air at the end. Just, I just, wow, I'd love for five seconds to feel what surged through his veins in those moments. He said, I told the boys after the game, there are 500,000 different ways to win a football game. Today, it was rather ugly, but no problem. Oh, and his magnificent Liverpool already have a total of 79 points, their best ever tally after 32 matches in a top flight season. They're not choking, David. I don't think anybody's choking. These two teams are so good. I don't think the team that loses it, whether it's Liverpool or Man City, are going to do it by choking. I think just one team will be more exceptional than the other. Anyway, talking of Man City, they went down to London to Fulham. They beat them 2-0, a routine win for the quadruple aspirants. Uh, Rog fighting a battle on four fronts. City punish Fulham for two careless First half turnovers, two of many first half turnovers. Quality finishes from Bernardo Silva and Sergio Aguero. His league leading 19th of the season, Rog, lift Pep's mob. We're still not talking about Aguero enough. Lift Pep's mob over the lifeless cottagers. Who could be relegated by the time that this pod is released, Roger? Yeah, the first of nine fixtures for Manchester City over the span of 30 days. And if ever there was an opposite of a trap game, this was it. I mean, Fulham, loser of seven straight, leaker of goals. One of the most feeble campaigns in modern Premier League history. The game as a competitive endeavour lasted about as long as one of Nicolas Cage's marriages. Oh, it was mistakes and goals. Bernardo Silva, who's now grown a beard because David Silva has regrown his hair. So he wants to maintain his status as the uh, Alpha Silva. Rifled the ball into the corner for the first. The second by Cunaguero. Fantastic finish. The last man you want a gift possession in a yeah. dangerous place. What a punisher. 19th of the season. And from then on, game devoid of intrigue, of life, of interest, really. 11th win out of 12 for City in all comps. And the one they didn't win was against your mob in the Carabao Cup. And they ended up winning on penalties, David. Yeah, They're absolutely. almost perfect right now. They are almost perfect. Fantastic Do you enjoy watching football. it? Uh, I mean... You know, we talked about this. Producer Jay Dubs enjoys watching Man City. He likes Still, he likes nothing. robots. He likes he likes watching. He likes setting the computer to play both teams in FIFA, and he likes watching two FIFA oh, teams. So the computer it, yeah, play itself. Yeah, exactly. He loves that. Um, he's going to love self-driving cars. <sighs> he's going to stand on the overpass and just watch self-driving cars uh, drive past. Yeah. Um, I mean. I've enjoyed Man City more this season. Just, just a lot of stuff on Amazon just to see a drone. Yeah, exactly. Daddy, the drone oh, is coming. No. Um, I'm enjoying watching Man City more this season. There's nothing fun about watching them beat up on Fulham. Uh, I feel so bad. Scotty Parker at the end just looked so defeated. Oh. A player who I loved watching football. So much fight, yeah. Yeah, you know those videos that come out on YouTube with robots leaping over insurmountable <laughs> objects? <laughs> You know, like breaking down doors. Yeah, J-Dub's always forwards them to Yeah, he's, he's, that's his, he loves that's it. his special thing, his yeah. special king. Oh, he loves robots. There's robots that are cl- clinically, you know, lethally done. They can just jump huge heights. And people tweet underneath, we're F. Humans are over. They're going to come. We're, our robot overlords are going to put us into subservient existence. To me, those videos, it's like watching Manchester. That's the future we glimpse when we watch Pep Guardiola's Manchester City side. Seven more games to go. It is. Liverpool are a bit like Etsy. City are like Facebook. Yeah. It is neck and neck They're battle. Like a self- Etsy, I'd watch that. Etsy against Facebook. Man City are like the self-driving football team, they pretty are. much at this point. Oh, the drones, Daddy, the drones. <laughs> Fulham, though. God love you. are right about Scotty Parker. Playing like a team, tanking for Zion. Eight straight defeats in a row. Not just defeats, just capitulations. It's rare to see a team in the relegation zone so devoid of fight or spine or care as Fulham. And it breaks my heart because it's a beautiful club. But they really, the players seem unperturbed by their plight. Their fans gutted at being ripped off by price-gouging ticket prices. 
They've had their hopes raised, dashed so cavalierly, almost cruelly. They will be relegated today if they lose at Watford. But you've said, Dave, you've said Aguero underrated. And it got me thinking, watching City, because my mind wanders, (laughs) and they've got so much talent. Yeah. If men in blazers Mm -hmm. held a vote amongst our listeners, the ones that mime us in front of their families and the ones that don't mime us in front of their families. Yeah. For the American Premier League Player of the Year Award, if we had an American fan vote for the Premier League Player of the Year Award... That's not American. Yeah. Or, you, or whether they're American or not. So an American voted yeah. Player of the Year... So American fans voting for their Premier League Player of the Year. Voting for the EPL Player of the Year. Oh, who would it be? Yeah, because I love like, this idea. Raz. Yeah. Aguero. Verge. Big Verge! Those three wouldn't make the top three. Sadio Mane, Bernardo Silva, Rich Arlison Obbs. Mm. Who, who, who am I missed? Harry Kane. HK? Yeah. Whatever the list is, he's in it. He's African Player of the Year. I think he was in the voting for... Well, I always feel that the two teams who are most represented amongst Men in Blazers fans are Liverpool and Arsenal. So there's going to be a Liverpool player, but the Liverpool player, it's not going to be Mo Salah this year. It's probably Sam, Mane. You don't bring me flowers, Mo. Probably Mane is going to get the vote for Liverpool. Arsenal player Verge. of the year. I don't think it'll be Verge. I think Arsenal, maybe Verge. Arsenal player of the year. It's always going to be offensive over defensive. Arsenal player of the year. Mustafi. Yeah, but it won't, <laughs> but it, it won't be him. We should do it, David. Yeah, we should do it. Let's I'm interested to hear who it would be. Let's work out how to make it happen. Yeah. Your idea when I said we should do an American player of the year, vote amongst the American fans for their player of the year. I'm going to get a trophy. To, I'm going to, okay. I'm going to, with, with maybe with Joe Dempsey, the blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah. From Game of Thrones, I will weld or forge. Do you forge? You will smith. I think you're smith. Yeah, I think you're smith. A smith. Yeah. Like Tommy Smith. Yeah. I'll Tommy Smith a, a statuette. Yeah. Maybe a nude. What, what, will it, what could it be? Maybe a nude of Robbie Musty in gold. <laughs> in gold. In, in pure in, gold. We award you um, the musty. Yeah. Oh, just great honor to get yeah. the musty. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And we'll loincloth it. Yeah. We'll loincloth it. Okay, so, so there's the American yeah. EPL Player of the Year. And then I think yeah, we should also work, do... We're going to have to work out how we get the voting up on and then the we do, And then I think we should also do the American American Player of the Year. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yedlin or Reem. Yedlin uh, or Reem. Well, I think uh, Danny Williams had four games squeaked out at Huddersfield. He's okay. got to be in a shout. Okay, so the nominees are... DeAndre Yedlin, hey, the Tim Ream. Throw-ins. Oh, what a noble Danny scholar and a gem. I want to build a video. Danny Williams Can we do the, um, the nomination? Let's do a nomination video. We'll cut together all of DeAndre's throw-ins. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre's we'll get, had a great season. We'll have Tim Ream missing a few oh, tackles. He's had a great season. He's a wonderful <laughs> man, Timothy Ream. St. Louis is fine. Let's just give it to Brad Friedel. Though, we right, could get all, I don't think he's still playing. <laughs> we could get all of Danny Williams' appearances in. Oh. I think Pulisic's going to win it. Yeah. He's done just well for Chelsea specter, this season. Just the prospect. Just He's, been the better, He's been better than any other Chelsea player <laughs> over the last few weeks. Can't we claim that some other player is sort of American in the Premier League? Who's the most American in attitude? It's got to be Jordan Pickford coming out swinging. That's a third category. Well, Ruben lost so, right, his cheek, I'd take. We're going to do the American Fans Player of the Year Award. Yeah. We're going to do the American American, American Player so of the Year Award. American Fans Player of the Year and Award. And then we're going to be the player that plays most American in mentality. Yeah. The John Wayne, the swagger. Got to yeah. be Glenn Murray, former Wilmington <laughs> Hammerhead. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. We'd love Rob. your suggestions. Also, technologists, how do we get a vote up for this thing? We want to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I think oh. it's pretty easy. I'm going to get a must-out smelted. Let's move right on. Arsenal 2, Newcastle. DeAndre Yedlin's Newcastle nil. One of the low-key stories in a season of low-key stories, Roger. Arsenal Football Club moving to third place 
After defeating the two on Monday Night Football, goals from graduating senior Aaron Ramsey, who's off to grad school in Italy this summer, and Alexandra Lacazette see Arsenal go into third place. Two points. A whole two points, Rog. Clear of both Spurs and Man U in the battle for the top four. Oh, visit Rwanda forever, Davo. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this game, Arsenal stealthily looking for their 10th home win on the trot against a game Newcastle, and they controlled the match, overwhelming them with a classic Aaron Ramsey goal, another moment on his befuddling farewell tour. Never leave, Aaron. And a late mesmeric Lacazette lob. So much to be pleased with from an Arsenal perspective. Ozil, not just doing the avant-garde passing thing, but also hustling back to cover on defence. A small symbol of a bigger story in the Unai Emery revolution, the late-season defensive improvement, third clean sheet in all comps, a fee not seen by Arsenal fans since December 2017. David, a month ago, we'd left Arsenal for dead. They were well, I don't 10 think we points were. behind. Spurs. I don't no, think we left them no, for dead. I think the media... There were some great op-eds. Yeah. Fantastic. I remember one was, what is the point of Arsenal? Mm. You know, they buried them. They buried them. And they're now third, David. It's astonishing. I mean, they still could blow it by the end of the season and somebody else. I mean, it, but it's you're right. You've got Arsenal. You've got Man United. You've got Tottenham. And you've got Chelsea separated by just a few points. <sighs> and who knows? It's excellent. And... Arsenal have five away games. Their Bet Noir away games have been fairly awful on the road. It's been a human darkness, but they have no matches against the top six. That's a fact that will give them hope. Huge, huge respect. We've got to give it to Unai Emery. Not always dominant, not always pretty, the football, but tenacious in his debut season. Stan Kroenke, I know you're listening, Stan. Probably miming men in blazers to your family as you listen, but you've got to reinforce the work that Unai started to build, the foundation that he set. Invest, back Unai's vision. Just start to act genuinely like you're aware your own Arsenal football club. Great days are ahead. Uh, man U, Rog. They beat Watford 2-0 the day after announcing interim manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would take over on a permanent basis. They defeat a pugnacious Watford, Rog. Goals on both sides of halftime from OGS disciples Marcus Rashford <laughs> and Anthony Martial. Keep United in fifth. Now level on points with Spurs. The Ole dynasty begins with a win, Rob. Oh, I was in Santa Barbara and Ole got the job on a permanent basis. And J-Dub says, oh, Ole's now got both hands properly on the wheel oh. in their correct 10 and 2 positions. Oh, is it 10 and 2 or more like 9 and 1, like 9, 30 and 1? I think 10 and 2 is a little too straight. In I like way. a little bit more... Put over. Norwegian GFOPs, please write in. Tell us how your tour, whatever it is, a permanent three-year contract, well-earned, following a fairy tale return, 12-match unbeaten run, that oh miracle Champions League night against Paris Saint-Germain. In this game, well, it's not going to be known as one of the greatest. It was a sprightly Watford overrunning a United midfield in which Paul Pogba had what we call an old-school performance, coughing up the ball perpetually and then getting angry at those around him. Watford swarmed all over them. United had to rely on David De Gea, seven saves. And Phil Jones, yes, this is no April Fool's joke, people. He was really, really good. And they won the game. Two terrific goals. First, a moment of Luke Shaw-inspired brilliance. Just classic Manchester United counter-attacking football from his own box. Two, breaching the opponent's bat line in less than five seconds, setting up Rashford oh, with a precise, exquisite 30-yard pass, which was really one of my great passes of the season. Marshall. Later killed off the game, and he joins Rashford, Pogba, and Lukaku as the fourth United attacker to reach the 10-goal mark, which is kind of like balance, potency. But the honeymoon's now over for Ogs, David. This wasn't a scintillating victory, but no. it was 
it was good. Took their chances when yeah, they got them. Important. He's got a big stakes role now, though, Dave. Yeah. It's no kind of room for error. The the warmth, the light. It's it's time to. I mean, number one, it's appointment. Massive defeat for cliches. Nice guys don't finish last. You can come home again. But now, is he deemed a failure if he doesn't lock up a fourth place now? I think it will be a knock. It will be a knock and people say, oh, they shouldn't have given them the permanent contract till the end of the season. Uh, I think it'll be a knock. But what an achievement already to get them back into this race for the top four from where they were after Jose's little period living uh, <laughs> in, the hotel. In, the, in the hotel. The reality TV show yeah, of Hotel Life. I will say the real work for Ole, whatever happens for the rest of the season begins this summer. The fact that he's got to rebuild, the fact that Alexis takes $450,000 a week salary, which is blowing up the United locker room completely. The other players like David De Gea, Martial, they're all like, we got, if he's getting that and not playing, we want that too. He has to rebuild a squad that still, still, despite the performance, is still an exquisite corpse of splooge money without (laughs) strategy by Moyes, Van Gaal and Mourinho. We've seen Ole as a short-term man manager. Brilliant. Remains to be seen if he can work his magic as a more medium-term planner and conjure something more than just Jaden Sancho is our kind of new shiny toy. Cardiff 1, Chelsea 2. Welsh oh. heartbreak. Roger, after a 46-minute Victor Camarasa strike, put the relegation threatened Bluebirds ahead. Chelsea equalised. The only team ever to equalise through an offside goal, Roger, uh, from Dave <laughs> in the 84th minute. So soon. I know. It's, I know. God, I mean, why would, who has ever scored from an offside position? And in injury time, substitute Ruben Loftus-Cheek headed home the winner to leave Cardiff five points adrift of safety. And Neil Warnock seething, oh. Roger, Chelsea... Meanwhile, somehow, stay just a point off the top four and alleviate, at least for a week, some pressure on Maurizio Sarri. This, I must say, from a Chelsea fan perspective, most Chelsea fans wanted them to lose this game because we want Sarri out so badly. It was a terrible game, but you couldn't beat the drama. Gripple, grapple between two desperate coaches. The game was largely an eyesore, like watching two James L. Dolan-owned teams just (laughs) going at it. It was amazing. I mean, Cardiff. And whatever that kit was that Chelsea were wearing. I mean, I actually, I forgive the the assistant for not calling it offside. These are colours unknown to the human eye. Yeah. I don't even know what colours they were. I don't think they're even on the Panto yeah. chart. They just totally, I think they've been, I think that colour was invented to mask any bottom sweating. For the bot, for the heavy bottom sweating man. That's what that colour was. It reminded me of the colours. Like when you're in the Caribbean, you're in the warm seas and like, you see a little uh, shimmer in the water. You think, was that a fish? Yeah. Was that a fish? Was that a school of fish who just swam by? That's what Chelsea's uniform, I described that as as shimmering fish colour. Oh, that's what it was. That's probably what, they, the human that's probably what they describe as yeah. shimmering fish. I mean, Cardiff, fascinating game plan. Let's seed possession. We've watched a ton of Chelsea games in recent weeks. We know they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And it's going to knock the ball around the middle of the park for like an hour. Stylishly. Yeah. Joylessly. Yeah. Lumberingly. I mean, Iguain announced this week that he's retired from international duty. Watch him lollop around. Has he retired from club duty and no, just not made it, the announcement no, yet? No, it looks like he's retired. That Basically, Chelsea's football yep. have, have, have taken away his will to live, yeah. it seems, at this point. Oh, look, Iguain, we've got a shimmering fish oh, colour. Oh, we've passed it around for 20 minutes. The ball's gone back to Louise, and Louise is now going to knock it forward. <laughs> a straight ball 
onto a straight <laughs> run and I've got no chance of getting it. I don't blame him. Or the other Chelsea move is we 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 make 745 passes to get it to the I edge like of the one. box. And then we attempt seven like stepovers and little side flicks which result in and a counter-attack for the other team. I mean, Chelsea's football is just so aggravatingly pointless. Does Pedro point. do the practice of falling over on the edge of the box thing that he does? Or does it just come naturally like a dab header to, well, uh, to Bobby When Chompers? you're running that fast with the ball back towards yep. your own goal, it's very tough to keep balance. <laughs> oh my word. And Cardiff, after Neil Warnock had probably spent 10 minutes throwing tea around the dressing room, screaming sentences to the effect of bollocks to Jorginho! Yeah. He's just a foreign knob over here taking our jobs! Yeah, well, I think He's that, mugging you off! I totally agree. That's why we need Brexit, Brexit, blah, 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 Brussels, Brussels, sovereignty bollocks! After the Warnock treatment, Dave, yeah. what happened? Yeah, they came straight out and Victor Camarasa made a fantastic strike. Not for the first time this season, Kepa just rooted to the spot. Kepa, I mean, at least Jordan Pickford dives insanely towards a ball that's about five feet away from his tiny little hands. Tiny little arms. But Kepa doesn't even move. Kepa doesn't even bother to move. Oh, but I mean, Camarasa, he pivoted. Yeah. Use the pace already on the ball to just clip a volley on the turn. I mean, Kepa does do stunned and flat-footed incredibly well. He does it so well. Stunning exclamation point of quality in a dire game. Chelsea fans just responded by upping the volume on their f Sarri ball chants. Yeah, you don't know what you're doing. The tabloid knives undoubtedly out. He just chucked his hard on. And then the Chelsea equaliser came quickly. By the way, he chucked his hard on after leaving Hazard and Kante and Callum Hudson-Odoi all on the bench. He's just trolling. I mean, I think at this point, he's just trolling Chelsea fans plus Chelsea management slash ownership if it still exists. I mean, it's just, it's so insane. He's got a job lined up already, I think, at the cool Menthol's packaging facility somewhere. He doesn't care about Chelsea no more, but they've responded. They got less a goal though, Davo. More an infomercial for VAR. Yeah, although I'm not sure VAR could have seen the shimmery fish-coloured <laughs> fish outfit color. either. Oh, I mean, look, that. when you watch it in regular speed, yeah. I mean, I do feel a little fast. bit, I do feel a little bit for assistant referees. It is... This is a bloody hard game to officiate. It is. Uh, when you show a still picture of that yellow line and he's three yards offside, yeah, it looks pretty stupid. Uh, but offsides get missed all the time. They Just did, gets and they missed. They're not missed. the only team we've ever scored an offside goal, Rog. Within two minutes, they also missed the dogs out, dogs out, dogs out against Rudiger. Yeah. Oh, mm. Cardiff fans incensed. The team then proceeded to switch off. Just that might have minutes. been Rudiger's best tackle of the season, though, I have to say. Oh, dogs out. Chelsea's second goal was more shocking to me emotionally than that Elon Husk hip-hop track about Harambe that he, for some reason, elected to drop out of nowhere. <laughs> Your boy. Yeah, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, South London's own, Lewisham, London Borough of Lewisham, from like a mile down the street from me. A player I've followed since childhood, Rog. My favourite player, perhaps ever, ever, in the game of football. Yeah. Ruben Loftus-Cheek becomes the first Chelsea player, Rog, to score a winning goal in injury time since Frank Lampard. With three names. Yeah, well, Frank and Lampard we, only, had, only had two names. Yeah, Frank, that was your big mistake, yeah. mate. Frank Ruben Lampard, Loftus, Lampard. Cheeky, stronger, faster, more last names yeah. here. Yeah. What an amazing Four. moment. All that's great about sports, right, that you live all the emotions, David. Yeah. I mean, Cardiff led deliriously until 84th minute, mm. end up with dreams cruelly shattered. You Chelsea fans, you'd spent 90 minutes screaming, Sarri ball, suddenly jubilant beyond your wildest dreams. 
Well, it's because of players. And there are two players that Chelsea fans care more about than anybody else, even more than Eden Hazard, and that's Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi because they, they grew up at Chelsea. They are Chelsea through and through. These are Chelsea boys. We want a Chelsea legend, Rog. Two names. You've only got two names. You've only got two names. Not enough. Oh, not enough. Not enough. We yeah. want a, a great team. Not you don't know what you're doing. You don't have enough names. You know, Pep Guardiola once said that the perfect goal is where every single player on the team, including the goalkeeper, but only touches it once and then it goes in. Mm. To me, the perfect goal would be if an entire team of three named players like Aaron Wan-Bissaka, yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips, Tim Fosu-Mensah, Gilfie, whatever his middle name is, and Sigurdsson. <laughs> yeah. yeah get and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Oh, they all do it. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Beautiful, Absolutely. beautiful. We should say, though, the goal, the win, it does nothing to save Sarri, though, does it? It's merely a no, few more not. weeks in the torture chamber for yes. the smoker. I hope not. How do you, you feel for Cardiff fans, Dave? So plucky for naught. Yeah, I do. But, you know, look, it's a 38-game season and they're in this position for a reason. I actually think the way they played against Chelsea was much smarter than they usually play. They seem to like go all-out attack against teams who come uh, into Cardiff when the top teams oh. come over there and it usually costs them. And they sat back more against Chelsea and that was a smarter way to play. And Chelsea just don't break you down when you sit back. They just knock the ball around pointlessly through the middle third and then the final third and their own third sometimes and sometimes a third not even anywhere near either of the goals you they know, seem Car- to enjoy that more than anything Cardiff have had their fair share of refereeing dodgy decisions I think against Brighton there they win uh, that was quite controversial and Neil Warnock didn't mind it then but the stakes are so high at the end of the season right now and they toiled so hard that I think looking back at this game if you're a Cardiff fan it would be harder to look at than Kate Beckinsale making out with Pete Davidson for 90 minutes but their club <laughs> Remain third from bottom, five points behind Burnley, whom they play next weekend. Massive, massive game. Neil Warnock, let's just say he's a complicated man. I met him pre-season. I actually enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. But even if you despise him, it's hard not to feel for him at the end of this one. Refereeing is like the Supreme Court. It's only respected when their decisions continue to symbolically appear just. And this game, not so much. It could cost them so much, their Premier League status, $130 million that comes with it. At the end, Cardiff had fought, they grappled, they'd given her all. He was so simmering, David. What did you think? He couldn't even speak to the refs. He just stood in front of them, seething with an angry contempt. I actually thought that perhaps Neil Warnock has never been happier. (laughs) I think he'll look back on this as one of his favourite. Neil Warnock having a a legitimate reason to be angry and hard done by. This is what it this feels is like to be happiest, right for the first the time. happiest, happiest ever. He got into like a fight on the sideline, Maurizio Sarri. He got to like Show put his that hands Italian on, his, knob. on his, on his, 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 his hands on his hips and like stare at the refs. He got everybody in the media saying that he was robbed. This was perhaps oh, the greatest day in his Neil Warnock's managerial career. Hour. Pretty much. Hello, when you're listening to Don't You Mug Me Off, with Neil Warnock. God, yeah. that is a great and way of looking at it. It was Johnny Foreigner it was. who cost him it, it except for maybe all... the assistant ref. But it was all Johnny Foreigner. He just does not like foreigners, Roger, at, at all. Watching him at the end, it was like watching a bull that was restraining its impulse to charge at a group of fallen bullfighters, just knowing that that act made him speak even louder. It was like just watching him, there's four referees to carrying together. He was just staring at them. It was like me when it came to be a family photo time with the in-laws. He later said his wife told him, I love my in-laws, just too many group photos. His wife told him she'd have supported him, quote, thumping the referee at full time. 
And then he accused the referees of, quote, conspiring against me to get me out of the league. You almost begin to think, it, is it me? Is it payback time for all the years that I've shouted at refs? Have they all got together now and said, let's get him out? And I'll say, Neil, one, because I know you're listening. If the referees hadn't before, they will do now, Neil. Because there's few things people in low levels of total power like less than being mugged off. Okay, Leicester, two. They're not Leicester, Rogers. They're the Brodgers Leicester <laughs> to Bournemouth nil. The Foxes win three straight league games for the first time since oh. May 2017, thanks to goals from the Brodge. Old guard, Wes Morgan. <laughs> I scored the Brodge, myself. The a Brodge. clever flick inspired by Brodge from the big man, actually Brodge, <laughs> and Jamie Brodge Vardy. The Brodge's mob, Rog. Brodge, 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 are locked in a battle for that seventh place spot, which could bring European football back to the King Power Brodge. I'm going to bring in Mario Balotelli because I can control him. Uh, yes. Um, Theresa May loses the job of Prime Minister. I'm going to bring her in. I give my life for Leicester. I give my life for Leicester. Life, life. I give my life. My life. My life. I give you more than my life. Oh, we may laugh at him. And oh, we will. And we will. And we will. <laughs> but, we, we will. We've got a credit. We will. We've got a, Oh, we will. But credit Brendan Rodgers. We've got a, He's made all the adjustments mm-hmm. quietly. So many envelopes. Yeah, he's got his team. Whatever he's done, they are purring with that mix of experience and youth. Yeah. Most notably in this game, all the legends stepping up to meet his challenge. Wes Morgan, who Rodgers no doubt calls Jamaican Zavi. <laughs> Come here. Come here, you large Jamaican Zavi. Uh, he's a, Jamaican Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. <laughs> you Jamaican Robbie Earl. <laughs> what? He's Jamaican? Okay, let me get back to you on this one. Um, <laughs> oh, Zavi is the Spanish Robbie Earl then. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. He, where's Morgan is a man reborn? Two goals in two games. Casper Schmeichel standing on his head. Oh, and James Vardy using his to score off a cross for the outstanding creative life force that is Yuri Tielemans. One of my favourite headlines over the international break, Davo. Yeah. No doubt one of the Brodgers' favourite headlines of all time. don't know if you saw this. It came from the Daily Mirror, who were reporting. And we don't like armed sieges. They're not funny. But yeah. this one, let's just, let's just go with it. And it was an armed siege in Glasgow. Yeah. And the headline was, Siege man tells armed police his demands. I want bag of beers and Brendan Rodgers back at Celtic. (laughs) (laughs) The police made an inquiry, is all I'm saying. They made an inquiry. We can't get you the beers, but we can... (laughs) Maybe, Brendan. Wait wait a few months. Wait a few months. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get Eric Dyer to fire up the U-Haul. Brodge will have that headline painted in oils and hung over his fireplace mm. quicker than the police were probably able to negotiate that truce with the bottle of beers. Burnley 2, Wolves nil, Roger. Most needed win in the Shires, <laughs> Rog. For a Burnley side that had lost four straight coming into this one. A Connor Cody own goal. Oh, Never God trust bless. a man with two first names, Rog. Not good. And a 77th minute drive. You need drive three, three first names, Connor. From a 19-year-old Get Englishman. Get with a new programme. Yeah, another 19-year-old Englishman, Rog. Dwight McNeil lift the Clarets five points clear of the drop. Oh, after a run of four Premier League defeats in a row, a massive win for Ginger Bear, Sean Dyche. Ginger Bear. Ginger Bear. The name's Bear. Ginger, Ginger Bear. Bear. Do you have a problem with this? Mm. Against everyone's sweetheart walls, Burnley now five points ahead of Cardiff in the relegation battle. And remember, the referees hate Neil Warnock now. Yeah. He's never been happier. <laughs> it's at the end of the great escape. It you is, know, in a funny that... way, I've never been happier. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens next? Yeah, they all get machine gunned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neil Warnock, your life story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardiff have a game in hand. Good news for Burnley fans. It's against Manchester City. 
two other teams in Sconce in that game of relegation. Rochambeau, Rog, Brighton nil, Southampton won. Pierre-Emile Hoiber, his 53rd minute strike proves the difference between the South Coast sides. Both of these teams are now five points clear of the drop. But Brighton, they got Chelsea, Wolves, Tottenham, Arsenal and Man oh. City still to play before they end the season. Pray for the Seagulls. But the stealth turnaround story that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's success is probably overshadowed, but it's astonishing in its own right, is Southampton. Mm. Ralph Hassan Hudley! Yeah. He's more than just a two-bit Jurgen Klopp knockoff with a surname worthy of an Ace Ventura pet detective Austrian version. He's summoned a steel, a tactical discipline, where there was neither. His team pressed Brighton into submission. And I think they're almost safe to begin to start to think about how to resummon the overachieving seasons of years past. West Ham nil, Everton 2. Roger, Say it again. Quality. West Ham nil, Everton 2. Say Rog, it again. A quality win for your Whoa. boys in <coughs> East London. Rog goals from <coughs> Kurt Zuma. Chelsea's own and Give Bernard. He's only got one name, though. He's not got enough names to play for Chelsea. And Bernard, <laughs> Tours and Smalls, Rod, lift your mob into the top half of the, ta- top half of the table. <sighs> They're also in the mix Everything for that seventh-place trophy, which could bring some European football to Goodison next season. Oh, you love, you love being in the Europa League, don't you, Rod? Yeah, I mean, it is weird at the moment. It is weird watching a confident Everton that wins things. Two big boy games on the run, Dave. Yeah. It's like, am I watching Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone yeah. or is it Reels? Yeah. Because it's been a mediocre season, a miserable season. It is that yeah. surreal. I mean, in this game against the most inconsistent team in the Premier League, Everton could have scored six or seven because we were fluid. Bernard on song, Dominic Calvert-Lewin showing occasional flourishes that should come with his not how many names he got, David? Yeah, he's got two names. Right? Play like it. Play like it, mate. Three-namer. Yeah. He's a three-namer. Mm. West Ham also that bloody awful. Most heartening part of the past couple of weeks has been the bat line. Zuma, a baller. Highlight of this weekend for me, as well as the great results for Everton. Wolves lose. Watford lose. We're up to ninth. 43 yeah. points. Oh, a crap season may yet still bear Europa League fruit. Crap fruit. The fig, to me, of football, the Europa League. Yeah. Arsenal away on Sunday. Bring them on! He shouts with absolutely 100% misplaced confidence. But the story that you will love more than any of Everton this week, Dave. What, Rog? Another clip in Everton's season highlight DVD. Mm-hmm. Did you see the footage of, of Jordan Pickford having a night out in Sunderland Boozer and surprisingly getting into a fight, a fist fight? It was like it was him against what? I mean, why he was in a bar with lots of. Football fans, probably an element. You'd imagine his agent probably called him up and was like, Jordan. Not a great idea. Not great. Not smart. But you learn it a hard way. On video, there's footage that you need to see because you're a boxer yourself. I do. You can watch Jordan Pickford windmill away a whole mob of angry strangers giving him crap for having small arms and butterfingers. That's what yeah. they beat him with. They keep yeah. shouting, small arms. You've got small arms. You're crap. And suddenly he just explodes. They have a fist fight. Uh-huh. And he fails to land any punches mm-hmm. on account of his tiny little arms. Yeah. He's got the smallest little windmills you'll ever see. <laughs> he just keeps going. He's so proud and so cute. It's amazing. It's how not to fight, Vid. Watch oh, it, kids. I can't wait to see that. Uh, okay, Rush. Crystal Palace 2, Huddersfield nil. I love this. A 76-minute Luka Milivojevic penalty and a Patrick Van Arnholt. What? Clincher. Two minutes from time. See the Palace officially relegate Huddersfield into oh. the championship after two seasons 
in the Premier League and perhaps ensure their own safety. As you, Rog. as a stealth Masonic Palace fan, yeah. you start. Cause I, I felt devastated by this for uh, me. I, I, we, Palace, we needed those three points. Come Rog. on, so just give me a little Palace POV on this game before I just talk about. I think it's. Demise, I think it's important. I think Palace have had a very good. I think they they made some very good moves in January. I think bringing in Mishi Batshuayi was a really good move. I think they've played well. I think Luka Milivojevic has been amazing all season. Been amazing from the spot. Uh, I think they're playing really good football. I don't think their league position completely represents like how uh, well they've played this season. Then good. They've got another season of safety, I imagine, at this point, and something to build on for next season. But they're going to lose some players. I'm worried Aaron Wambasaka seems to be a target for everybody, most notably Manchester Because what do scouts look at now? If you're from South London. And how many names have you got? Yeah, exactly. You don't ask anymore. Yeah. Is, he, is he quick? As his intelligence? What's his personal life yeah, like? How many names? Yeah, just that's simple. Oh, not enough names. Simple. He's, he's, he plays good football, he's just not enough names. I give you Dominic Calvin-Lewin for 100 mil. Yeah. I've got a coffee mug from every team that I film at, David. Uh-huh. And the one that I have from Huddersfield's club shop, mm-hmm. it's got a photo of David Wagner on one side, pumping yeah. his fists in glory. Mm-hmm. And on the back, it says in text, we are Premier League. And on Sunday, I got it out and I dusted it off and I drank the saddest cup of coffee that I've ever tasted. <laughs> We're talking about the mug, right? But I don't have an okay. identical mug full of, we are Premier League. I don't feel sad when I use that one. This was sad to me because Fulham splurge money recklessly. Huddersfield have a minuscule budget. Yeah. With no American or oligarch, sugar daddy in the wings like lots of other clubs. Tiny and glamorous Huddersfield Town, a collective wonder. True community club. They defied economics to get to the Premier League in the first place. Stayed up for one season. Wizards! Couldn't repeat it. They simply couldn't score. It became the first Premier League team since 2008 to be relegated in March. I watched the end of that game, the final whistle, the, the proud, passionate fans just giving the players a standing ovation. It brought tears to my eye. I will miss. I'll miss the Terriers. I don't think many people will. But to me, by them achieving the same status as your Arsenal's, your Chelsea's, your Manchester United City's, your Liverpool's, it meant all of the teams that are outside the Premier League, they can all dream of rising to the top flight. Anything's possible as long as you dare to dream. Even even an act of levitation like Huddersfield. So to more fearless visions, David. I mean, look, to be fair, Huddersfield did not give their fans a lot to cheer in their two seasons in the Premier League. Not a lot of goals, not a lot of wins. You know, this is a team that may be happy. Their fans may have happier memories of Huddersfield playing in the Championship. Maybe the best part of their Premier League history was when they got promoted out of the championship role, which might be the best thing. I'm reminded of this for fear of sounding too patronising. Chelsea, it's so much more fun watching them in the Europa League this season, which is more their level, where they can actually play that Sarri ball against teams who can't really compete with it than it is watching them in the Premier League. Maybe we should give Danny Williams the American American Player of the Year award just yeah. to cheer him up. That'll give him a happy <laughs> bit of half. Great four. It was only four games, but what a four I don't think that the standard of, of voting for the American-American Player of the Year award should be like who we feel sorry for. <laughs> I don't think that's what it should be. By the way, that win they had last season against Manchester United, mm. that I will never forget. That was like that watching... Was that was Ewoks winning was the battle of it. That was a wonderful, not just a footballing moment, a wonderful life moment Absolutely. to war courage. Okay, there are Premier League fixtures almost every day from now until next week, Rog, all of which are on the NBC Family of Networks. Tomorrow, Chelsea hosts Brighton and Hove Albion, and Spurs take on Crystal Palace. 
in the reverse fixture of a game we were at in person early this season. Yeah, the, the title new stadium. Race. Absolutely. City play Cardiff tomorrow and Liverpool travel to Southampton Friday. But the big one, Rog, no doubt, occurs Sunday morning at 9.05am when <sighs> Everton host Arsenal. Oh, Let's have a shot of Jägermeister, see what the future holds. Oh, where's the fun fest, lads, this weekend? Oh! <laughs> By the way, fun fest. Mm. It's like the new reality TV show for television stars get locked in a pub for 48 hours yeah slowly go insane it was magnificent yeah. to you all your amazing talent and boston wow those scenes outstanding this jägermeister oh the the human exclamation point in a glass which i drink whenever everton score i have a shot of jägermeister <laughs> and i gotta say the jägermeister has two teams surging with confidence arsenal's real everton's a mirage mm. as a fan I expect this to be a 5-0 Everton victory with Jenk Tosin scoring all of the goals. But the Jägermeister turns me into an objective paragon of football journalism. And it tells me to expect this to be a 3-1 Arsenal win. <laughs> Ramsey, Ober and Socrates with the goals. Arsenal cruising. Yesterday, I think you Pray predicted, your pie predicted, I think, 5-0 to Everton. Yeah. So this is it's nice that the, that the Jägermeister is more objective. My Jägermeister tasted the same thing, uh, Rog. Nacho Monreal grabs oh. a goal, wins it 1-0 for Arsenal. It's not me, Rog. It is the Jägermeister confirming what the pie told Hello, me. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Where's the fun fest, lads? Mm. Okay, there are many ways to connect to us, including our now extinct Amazon Emporium, which has transformed into the Men in Blazers ball mine. Anytime you buy something big or small from the ball mine, we can tiny percentage of that. Tiny percentage. What are you putting the ball mark this week, Roger? <laughs> a book. It can't be. It is The Wall by John Lanchester. Mm -hmm. A strange, mesmerizing, dystopian book that I actually need to bring in for J-dubs. It captivated me in a misty, mysterious world, in the same way as Ishiguro's The Buried Giant once did, The Tale. Oh, I love that book. Oh, well, you'll love this one. Yeah. Because it transports you to the Britain of the future. Future, future. <laughs> After a global <laughs> environmental disaster, this got a bit darker, didn't it? Yeah. Called The Change oh. has impacted the world. The sea level has risen, mm. washed away much of the continent. This is actually Neil Warnock's best dream. dream. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the change. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what can I do to accelerate the change? <laughs> I'll mug you off. Yeah. I'm going to mug off you Euros. Um, it's Neil Warnock, if you're listening, it leaves Britain essentially a miserable fortress. By the way, you probably love the sound of it. I love a miserable oh, a fortress. Miserable fortress. I'm in. I love it. <laughs> oh, do I go on guard duty? Yeah. Detected by 10,000 miles of wall, which every British youngster, both men and women, are conscripted for two years of their lives to guard. They're known cool. as defenders. Fun. And they have to parry the others, the desperate refugees attempting to climb over from the sea. Jorginho! Yeah. Oh, the, the service is grim. He wouldn't climb. It's will be like <laughs> knocking the ball about on the beach sideways. <laughs> service is grim. Mug me off. Cold, a mixture of boredom and fear, which is captured in perfect detail by Lanchester. Books divided into three sections. I won't tell you any more. The first two are unbelievable. Third, I couldn't live without. Mm. But it's well worth the read for the questions it asks about culture, about society, the cruelties that can become inherent in their norms and the artificial divisions between insiders and outsiders. It is a book that has lingered with me probably more than any other this year, like mm. The Mist, that hangs over the defenders on the wall. Rog, what did you say to me when you came into the pod studio today? I gave you a kiss on the head. And you a said, very tan head. And you said... You smell amazing. I do, I do smell amazing. You do smell but amazing. But more importantly, you kissed me on my head. And what many people have been noticing, About Rog, your head? Is that I am... I mean, look, I've been way less bald in person for a long time. A lot of people comment when they meet Rog and Davo, 
they look at me and they say, you're way less, I'm stealthy tall and I'm way less bald yeah, in person. Yeah, but if you keep saying that on this show, then it's just them telling you what you want to hear, that yeah, part. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Why else would I do this show? And then uh, recently, I posted a picture last week. Everybody was almost like, oh my God, Dave, your hair. Your hair. Yeah. I'm finally going to tell everyone my secret, What Rog. will you? I'm going to tell you. Should we it's tease my... this out a bit more and no. then say, we're not going to tell you. When you come back I know. after the break, we'll tell you the secret. Uh, secret is my Sashawan thickening shampoo, Rog. What? Look at this. Look, number one, what? what a beautiful, simple bottle of shampoo. Just feel the weight of that. Isn't that perfect weight? Doesn't that feel like that's going to make your hair thicker? It feels like really heavy plastic. Okay, it doesn't make your hair thicker. It doesn't make any difference. Why There's nothing you can do. The only thick? reason it looks better is because I'm getting it cut shorter by Tracy Bowen, the official the official barber of Men in Blazers. Shout out TB! I know, she goes for the little half on the sides fading to the one on top. It's this. It's, but what, it's good. get back to the thickening. But what is it's not really, that it's, it's like the change, Roger. It didn't really happen. It's like, it's not really thickening, but it's good shampoo. It just ended up, it doesn't really thicken it. It just makes it feel a bit thicker. So it says it's thickening, it but smells, it doesn't really. Smells it doesn't say what it does on the bottom. Smell that. You, smell you, that. You're getting me with smell the smell. That. You're troubling me with the the, 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 the descriptive, the thickening shampoo. It does, does thicken it your make, hair a little does bit. It just make, is it erotic and it just excites you? Is that kind no, of thickening? No, not that I'm kind of thickening. Not that, that requires something <laughs> else I could, I could recommend on next week's podcast. By the way, if you want to know what, because this podcast is not in smell-o-vision yet. Yeah. It smells like, it smell I imagine, of? how would you, it smells like, I imagine, Juan Matas to smell of. It oh. smells of joy, vitality, oh, and just It smells goodness. so good. Yeah, does it? smells just of Juan Matas. That actually does give me the thickening. It does? <laughs> yeah, when I, when I smell that, it smells so good. Um, Sasha Juan, it's available how on Amazon. Sasha Juan? Do you know what? I literally walked into my shower one day, yeah. and this was a couple of years ago, when and Sasha Juan was in there. You said, hey, mate, who are you? He said, I am Sasha Juan. A couple of years ago, let's just say it was a phase of my singledom when there were a few different people I was in. There were a few different shampoos that you were exposed to. Uh, yes. yes. And one of the shampoos I was exposed to during that period of my life was Sasha Juan thickening shampoo. So you dated someone who used Sasha Juan thickening shampoo. Now I'm completely intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. My mind is just everywhere. Yeah. Now it's gone back to the local <laughs> assistant <laughs> okay, coach's shorts. <laughs> there you go. It's funny. It's, it's very, you can't legislate the loins, Rog. It's whatever turns you on. Uh, okay. That's a great phrase. It's so true. You can't legislate, legislate. It's my the mother. Loins. My mother, Brenda Jean Davies, may she, may, she, uh, may she rest in peace. One of her great expressions was, you can't legislate the loins. You can't She wouldn't have said it like choose. that, though, David. She's Scottish. How would she have said it? It would have sounded beautiful. You can't out. legislate the loins. You can't uh, legislate the and loins. So it was about very much about you can't choose who you fall in love with. You, you can't choose what turns you on. It's whatever turns you on, turns you on. Your loins, Rog, they, they defy legislation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Neil Warnock, I think, would disagree with that. Now statement. I'm trying to think about the Liverpool person's shorts again to stop my loins. <laughs> okay. You can follow us on Twitter, at Men in Blazers, at Embassy Davies, at Rog Bennett. Follow us on Instagram, at Men in Blazers, at Embassy underscore Davies. On Facebook, uh, Men in Blazers. You can always send your ravens to the crap part or so. You can always email us at menandblazers at gmail.com. We did write a book, Rog. It's called The Encyclopedia Blazer Tanica. Uh, Should do a follow-up. Yeah, you what? can't legislate your loins and other truisms. It could be called Encyclopedia Blazitanica Cheek or Odoi. Oh, we should give it a. Me. We could give it another name. Should we start writing one? Encyclopedia Blazitanica again. I had again. an idea about a magician, a small kid who goes to colleges and mm. learn to be a magician. All uh -huh. kinds of, I'm working on it. Different kinds of they play a game that is not a sport, but it's sound, I've got all kinds of ideas. As you do that, all I see is your sunburned right <laughs> hand. Uh, okay, Rog Vendepunk. More pig. Who wants the sex with Tombo? I like snacks. Balls win, balls win.
Take that, Gloria. Balls lose. To Tweed. Abrogado, rock on, mate. Kung Fu Fighting America. Love you, Dave. I love you, Rog. You can't legislate the minds. <laughs> hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Okay, so if you had a time machine, how far in time would you need to go back to be a dominant basketball player of that era? <laughs> I need to go to when Bob Cousy was playing. Back I would, in, in the plumber days? 27-year-old Shea would give Bob Cousy the f***ing business. <laughs> He's not guarding me. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shay and I are combing through all of the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling ones, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. Follow six trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.